All right, everybody, welcome to episode 46 of NPC Talk. My name is Inkernaut, and today is September 27th, 2017. It is a great day for gaming because I am here with my good friends, Daniel. Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, Anthony, so good to have you here. Hey, hello. Hi. Uh, Kevin, hello. Oh. And uh, Roger. Up. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should keep that intro, Roger. <laughs> We're keeping it. Wait. For oh. w- like forever. Hi. Thanks for watching or listening to FPC <laughs> Talk again. Um, Daniel called me out for episode 45. What, what was it? We were like, thanks for watching. Where are the rest of the episodes? No, 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 the, the, not that one. You, well, you also called me out on that, too. Thank you very much. You're um, welcome. Anytime, anytime. No, on the, um, something about watching reviews and starring it or something like that. Remember? No? No. Yeah, okay. Um, for those who don't remember our new format, we're going to do game news, community emails, and then our feature topic today, which will be the Dishonored series. And if we have time... Also, some Samus Returns, but if we don't have time, check back for Roger. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> check back for some... Roger. To, uh, feature, to um, feature that topic. Okay. Alrighty then. Game news. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite came out. Does anyone know anything about that? Um... I think Roger was saying that it looked weak sauce. Or like No, uh, wait, I didn't say anything about it. <laughs> no, you said something before it came out, how like you didn't think it was worth getting or something like that. Ooh, no, I, I think that's on blast. What? what? Um, I actually think I was looking at gameplay. I actually think the game looks pretty fun and like the graphics looks way better than Marvel vs. Capcom three or whatever. But I also feel like it's kind of Capcom just, like, trying to run its cash cow on it. So yeah. I'm probably not going to get it. Um, I heard the story mode is pretty weak compared to... Especially compared to Injustice 2, which had such a good one. Um, I heard this one's just super cheesy, and they just kind of, like, throw characters at each other. And we're like, hey, you know, we're, we're all here together. Let's fight robots. <laughs> But isn't that, like, Capcom's, like, I don't know. I feel like that's just Capcom, normal Capcom, right? Yeah, I can't tell if it's Capcom being lazy or if it's Marvel being, like, hey, don't mess up our characters. Oh, like, mess up our stories for our characters? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Marvel's... But I mean... Yeah. Yeah. But Capcom never had, like, good stories for their games anyway. Like, fighting <laughs> games, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> their non-fighting games are even questionable too oh boy this is true from a glance at the steam page it seems like there's mixed reviews already and a lot of the people are citing like dlc a lot of dlc characters and people not liking the dlc costs and stuff yep well so i guess that's an issue right now cash cow. There, there's a lot of microtransactions yeah i think Ugh. they already announced their first dlc with like three new characters or something there's like a pre-order bonus with like three characters. I don't know. I think they're they're doing the same thing they did for um, Street Fighter Five, right? Hmm. 
More... Pay money or play a lot to get more characters. Okay. There's an infinite character pass that includes six characters. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, what did infinite equal six? That's what uh, Kevin meant by uh, deathmatch mode being infinite respawn. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get six, dude? <laughs> I, I feel like it's also one of those games where like, after a year or maybe like six months, there's going to be like a ultimate mode or something you know mm. where it's like all the characters will come out in one like ultimate mode or whatever yeah i w- is i wonder i thought they were like moving away from that like was street fighter 5 moving away from that or are they do you think yeah they- street fighter 5 is supposed to move away from that but they didn't say anything about um marvel versus capcom wow these guys these Capcom. i mean it's guys. also i also feel like it's one of those games where people like buy to like collect characters right it's like it's lame to like have the game and not have all the characters of marvel versus capcom because that's like the whole appeal right like the characters are the appeal of the game versus the gameplay like action of like street fighter true true um i just for me i didn't look at like gameplay yet um i saw like a little bit of like uh, the recipe, which is a cross counter, one of a cross counter series, and they were going through like tutorial mode, but I didn't see like an actual match or anything. I just hope that it's not like basic, like Marvel vs. Capcom three. Like it, Marvel vs. Capcom three was basically like a really Double. random neutral, and then one opening pretty much just blew up the entire opposing team. And I'm like, uh, I hope there's like more strategy than that but yeah i don't know i don't know these games are also like not really made for the competitive scene too i feel like they're mostly made for like the casual fighting game fan who wants to play as their favorite superhero character or like play as their favorite like capcom character yeah yeah it'll be an evo probably though yeah for sure everything is an evo (laughs) (laughs) they also brought back mega man what do you mean like, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 didn't have Mega Man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's Smash 4. Had zero. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, that's cool, that's cool. I like Mega Man. Mega Man X, right? Yes, Mega Man X. Yeah, that's pretty Tim cool. Tim Talks, Mega Man X. <laughs> um, speaking of microtransactions, NBA 2K18 came out recently. Oh, what a transition. Thank you. <laughs> um, I wanted it. I want it. Not want it. I want it so badly for the Switch because it's out on the Switch. And I would love NBA 2K whatever on the go. But I heard. Oh. Is it the same um, game? Because they had it for like the Wii U, but they like remade it for the Wii U or something. And it was like super lame. I don't know. This one is um 100% the same i believe it has all features but it runs on 30 fps instead of 60 and the graphics are a little toned down cuz the switch can't handle with the same graphics as a ps4 um you know i'm i'm comparing it to pc so i'm not sure oh oh uh, yeah hmm. uh, um yeah so 2k18 I would get it for um, my career mode because I love my career mode. 
um, which is the one where you, you know, make your own character, and then he goes through life as a basketball, up-and-coming basketball star. As a hood basketball star. <laughs> basketball star. Straight from the hood. <laughs> best friend. I heard the, the microtransactions, like, nasty in this one. Yeah. Have you have you played the recent ones about, like, do you know how the microtransactions work for the older ones? Mm-mm. I pl- like, I, yeah, so you, on. like, sign a salary so that every, after every game you play in my career mode, like, you go through the season, right? You sign a simulated season, mm-hmm. and they make it so that, like, after every game you play, you make, like, 100 VCs, which is their currency. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you save up VCs to either upgrade your character and it costs, like, 1,500 VCs to upgrade, like, one stat of your character. Or if you use VCs to buy gear, or you use VCs to, like, soup up your house or, like, make your stuff look cooler. But I think they're getting a lot more stingy because it used to be, like, you get, like, 500 VCE after every game. And then now it's, like, I think the new one, they said it's, like, you get, like, 100. Oh. So, like, and, like, you just think of how many games you play in a season, right? That's 82 games. You get 8,200 VC. Uh, and like stat upgrades are like a thousand something VC, so it will just take a long time to get your player to be like really good. Ugh, man. And then you can also buy VC, right? That's like the whole appeal. Like, oh, you want a really good character? You want to be like the next LeBron James? Then you either play for like five seasons, which is like four hundred games, which is super repetitive, right? No one wants to do that. Yeah. Um, I heard that they're also really stingy on like changing your looks now like you had more options before when you were um like in 2k like the previous ones and then now mm. like if you want to change your hair and like you have less options to start with and you have to like use vc yeah everyone's like uh, not happy about it on reddit i know 2k 17's my career mode was so good too <laughs> it had a uh, michael b jordan <laughs> it's great yeah um what else ah big one um speaking of the nintendo switch um stardew valley got the approval to go on nintendo switch which is great (laughs) oh i thought that news yeah yes I'm excited. I plan on well. This is tough. I have I have um, I have it for PC, but I don't have a Steam Link, and two player Stardew Valley sounds fun with the. Wife. Oh, did they release co-op mode slash multiplayer for it? Yet? No, not yet. Wait, are they still like talking about it? Like, is that still an upcoming like patch? Yeah, yeah. It's like because that was like one of the major appeals when it first released, right? Yeah. <laughs> Three years ago? I don't know. However long ago? Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They um they dropped the ball on that one. It's because they ended up prioritizing um, console porting over um, two-player. <laughs> do they have it on... I guess they do. They probably do have it for PlayStation and Xbox. I don't know. Because no one cares about the systems anymore. Am I right, Roger? Uh, PC Master Race. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like it's probably a lot harder to play on a controller, don't you think? Because it's very like grid-based when you're like building stuff. Ooh, I, I played on my um, Xbox controller when I have it on PC. 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Never mind then. Cause, Maybe um, it's not that. Uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of silly because to go through your menu, it's basically just a mouse, like a, a mouse uh cursor, and then mm-hmm. you just, you just like move it with your stick. But, eh. It's okay. It's okay. So you're gonna re-get it? I'm thinking about it. It's such a waste of money, but <laughs> but it'd be pretty cool on the Switch. <laughs> Portable gaming, baby. I know it's so good. Um, shoot. Okay. What else do we got this past week? Um. Oh, Roger picked up a new game. Ooh, <laughs> that's news. He too uh-huh. picked up a new game, and you're in a pre-ordering another one. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yes. I picked up. Um, well, this Tuesday was the release date for San Juan Kagura Peach Beach Splash. <laughs> um, it's like a third-person shooter spinoff of the San Juan Kagura series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> what makes it fun, Roger? Uh, play it, and you'll find out. <laughs> What what time of the day do you play this game? Um, uh, very late at night time when everybody's <laughs> asleep. I I heard that um, I heard that that was the uh, recommended time to play it by GameStop. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> really? They actually say that? No, the there was a guy the the guy working at GameStop when Roger bought it. Oh boy, fun times. He's like, I play it at night. <laughs> or he's like, I'm going to play it tonight. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> where would you rate it? Where would you rate this one so far in, like, the series? Um, I think it's, well, it's like a spinoff. So it's really hard to compare it with the main series, mm. which is more of a beat-em-up. But mm. for, like, a spinoff third-person shooter, I've only spent about, like, one hour but it's really pretty. It's pretty fun so far. Um, there's like a lot of customized, uh, custom, customized ability mm-hmm. um, that you you can uh, do because there's like a tons of cards, and these different types of cards can give you special power ups. Um, and it's like a five v five shooter, so it's sort of like Splatoon, um, except instead of Squid Girls, you get really busty ninjas. <laughs> oh shoot. Uh, um, the fan service is uh, spot on, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're a fan of Sunlight Kagura, then I would highly recommend this one. Great, highly recommend. Yeah. Which did did you get the special edition or you just got the normal one? I got the special edition, the no shirt, <laughs> no shoes, all service edition. <laughs> Stop what? laughing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Don't judge I'm sorry. me. I'm sorry. <laughs> what does right. it come with? Uh, it comes with, like, a CD, uh, a very lewd art book. Um, oh, and, like, I think there's, like, free DLC also. Mm. Yep. Um, you should stream it on Twitch. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> Great, I'll check that out later tonight. <laughs> oh, nice! For everyone's tuning in, the stream will start at eleven o'clock p.m. every night. 
Um, Roger, do you know anything about uh, Dankenrampa Volume 3? Version? No. I actually, after watching the anime for Dankenrampa, I just gave up. I'm probably going to buy it, but the anime made me lose interest in the whole franchise. (laughs) It was so bad. Does this story follow the anime, or does it just follow the second game? The first two games were really good. I have... Well, the first two games were kind of mediocre, in my opinion. Oh, this, I thought the story was pretty interesting. Meh. <laughs> I watched... Um, well, you really lost all interest. I watched the anime... Like, I watched the first two episodes, maybe, for the first game. And um, mm-hmm. and I played maybe, like, the first hour of the actual game. And they, they follow closely to each other, but, like, the anime is, like, way worse than the actual game. So I was like, ugh... Why, yeah, why? the anime is so bad, but <laughs> it's it's good if you like um, bad stories. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't make sense. Never mind. <laughs> good if sense. you like to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to watch it at three times the speed. Oh, I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the third one already came out for in Japan, and it got really good reviews. Hmm. Mm. Who knows? Um. Oh shoot. So okay, okay. Wait. One more news. Um. Is Divinity Original Sin two came out recently? Um, Ooh, I know nothing about that. I've played part of the first one, and I've played through. Not. I didn't play through. I played uh, Baldur's Gate two: Shadows of Om. I played, like, the first two chapters, like, five times, but I've never, like, I finished chapter two, and then I never, like, went on, because, um, for that game, chapter two is probably, like, 80% of the game, and then the rest Mm -hmm. of the chapters are, like, really small. Um, Divinity Original Sin got really, really good reviews. I am excited. Well, I don't know if I'll play it, because it seems like a really long game but it looks great is it a action rpg tell uh, tell us tell the no- noobs what kind of game it is it so i think they call it like a pc rpg um i don't know the nuances for um original sin 2 because i haven't seen like actual gameplay yet but i know it's by the creators of Baldur's gate and it's based off like it came off from that system which is um like D style play uh, for boulder mm. skate 2 it's like all about like pausing the game making your decisions and then unpausing and then mm-hmm. like things happen and then in boulder skate 2 there was like kind of dice roll that would happen for you to know like do you hit how much damage do you do etc but um I think Divinity Original Sin 2, like, upgrades from that, and it's more, it's less, like, D&D dice rolly, and it's more, like, an actual PC, or, like, an actual game instead of, like, a board game come to life, I guess. Um, like I said, I don't know the nuances, but it seems really cool, like, from what I've heard, but... Um, the Google images look like um, Diablo 3. Like a 
The UI looks very Diablo-like. Yeah, that'd be cool. PC RPG, guys. <laughs> yes. Um, did you guys hear about uh, Golf Story? Is it Golf Story or the NES Golf thing that happened on the Switch? Oh, yeah. I heard about that. Um, apparently... Very briefly, though. Yeah. Okay. Correct me if I miss anything, but apparently people... Um, somehow looked at the code inside the Nintendo Switch and they found out that I believe in July 11th or some date in July, uh, which is uh, Iwata's birthday um, on 2018, if on that day uh, the Mm -hmm. NES Golf gets released and it's supposed to be like a tribute um, for his passing... Because, like, in Japanese culture, they like to, like, do tributes for those who passed. And because, like, Iwata was, like, such a great uh, programmer. And one of his biggest projects back in the day was NES Golf. And apparently he was the one oh. He was the one that um, made it possible to have 18 holes in, like, the NES cartridge. Um, Iwata is pretty... Like, I read some of the stuff that he did, and he's pretty go-so. Like, yeah. for Pokemon Go, he was the one who was responsible for putting, um, uh, what was that region called? The first region? Like, Kanto? Like, Kanto mm-hmm. and Johto, or Johto, right? Like, um, he was the one who was able to fed all of Kanto into Pokemon Gold and Silver. So, Whoa, he's, that's... Pre- he, he, he's pretty badass, I would say. That's crazy. That's, like pretty much what made Pokemon Gold, like, really good. Because you can go back to the old region and replay the first game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, Yeah, so he passed away July 11th, 2015. And so in July 11th, 2018, apparently NES Golf, like, magically appears or something on the Switch. So what happened was if people... um, If people get the Switch but don't go online and set the date to July 11th, 2018, then apparently NES Golf comes up and you can play it. Um, what this also means is that there's an NES emulator that's coded inside the Switch. <laughs> so um, That's cool. Yeah. yeah. NES games might appear for the um, eShop. That would have been a really cool surprise, but now that everyone already found out, it's less cool. <laughs> right? It's like it's like oh, surprise ruined. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was some of like? I guess it's kind of off topic now, but what were some of his like big accomplishments with Nintendo? He also worked on Earthbound, if I remember correctly. I know his um, his big one was definitely at least to from what I know his big one was Pokemon Gold, like his. Um, he was, I guess, he was less of a like developer and like director and more of just the CEO of Nintendo. Uh, Is that an accurate statement? He he was like a coding genius though. Like he it was like because of his like coding knowledge that he was able to make a lot of things happen. Hmm. I I think he worked on um, a Smash game too, but I can't remember. That's cool. Yeah, he assisted Sakurai in the development for Smash sixty four. 
neato. Now, you, the more you know, the more we know. Um, and apparently, he's a big deal for Nintendo Golf. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool though. I like the the whole tribute thing. You would have liked it more if it was a surprise on July eleventh. <laughs> I was equally surprised. Just <laughs> way earlier. On September twenty what third. Yeah. <laughs> um Roger, how's um the return of Samus? Samus returns. Samus. Oh, are we segue segueing? Or oh, oh um wait. Um, no, we're not segueing, I'm just, I'm just like, asking you. Oh well I guess like I could briefly talk about it. Um but overall it's better than expected. Um it's definitely a really good Metroid game, because um, when I first looked, looked at the game and I saw when I saw that Sakamoto was uh, you know behind it, I was like, oh, not this guy again, because <laughs> uh, he was the one who was responsible for Other M, and then Other M was just a train wreck. Um, <laughs> I had to wash my mouth after playing that game because <laughs> it tasted like poopy. Um, so, oh, it's not because you cussed at it so much? Oh, uh, that, well, maybe. I don't <laughs> know. Anyways, um, but yeah, but Samus Return is definitely, like, it, it felt like Nintendo sort of took a step back on the whole Metroid franchise and just, like, you know, sat in a big meeting room and collaborated, like, what did we do wrong? Where did we go from here? And they sort of looked look at their past games and see like what they did right and I felt like they really got their stuff together and Samus Returns is like a you know a welcome back sign to the Metroid franchise like yay Metroid is back do you feel like they needed to do it like that though because it's like a remake of the old Metroid game like they had to kind of go back to its roots in a way um I don't really know what you mean uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, Just say well, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> but like, because it's a remake of an old game, they had to go back to its roots because their roots. It, it you know, it's part of their roots because it's an old. Game. Well, I, I just gave like my personal impression, but I don't really know if it's true or not. You know, this is what I felt like. Are they remaking... Did they remake the first one, too? Yeah, uh, for the Game Boy Advance. Metroid Zero Mission. Oh, that was a long time ago. But, like, Metroid 2 is really outdated anyways. Like, I think the release date for the original Metroid 2 was 1991. And it was so archaic. So, there's bound to be a remake or reimagining for Metroid 2 sooner or later. Yeah, do you think they'll of... do it for Metroid Three? Metroid Three and Super Metroid. Super Metroid is like timeless. It it the gameplay aged fine. Mm, so they won't. They can't ruin that. Well, I hope they won't. <laughs> they might. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, I was pretty surprised that they redid uh, Metroid Two, but I mean, it turned out really well and. I watched the original gameplay and it looked terrible. So <laughs> they didn't even have like a mini map. 
Oh man. Mm. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. Uh. Oh. No, we're good. Well, we can talk more about it later. We will. We will. Um. Does anyone else have any gaming news? Um. Yes. There's a lot of stuff that happened. There's TGS. Yeah. TGS was a little bit ago. We didn't talk about it too much, though. Yeah. Last week, I think, right? Maybe? Um, yeah, yeah. Early last week, I think. Oh, yeah. all Maybe oh, all of last uh, week. That game company? Which game company? Oh, that, uh, <laughs> that game company. <laughs> that game company. TGS <laughs> is not a game company, guys. But Kevin has news about the new game. That, that game company did. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Uh, Sky? Yep, Sky. I guess it wasn't this week, but... Also last Recently. Week. Did you... Have you... I didn't even see any trailers or anything for it. Did it look good? They have a uh, teaser. A, a yeah, trailer. a short teaser. It sort of looked like Journey, but in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sad news about that or the big news I guess depends on who you team with but it's a limited release right now for iPhones only yeah. Apple products iOS yeah That's they say that it might well, it will probably come to Android but there's a, there's no definite date so, so it might like it might be like uh, Mario Run, where it comes out for iOS, and then once it loses all of its hype, then it goes to Android. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened with Mario Run. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it came out like a year later or something. Yeah, it's like, oh, no one cares about this game anymore. Oh, okay, let's put it to Android. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't even play it on my iPad, because I have the iPad 2, and like, I can't play new games anymore. So sad. It's interesting that they um, decided to go mobile. Yeah. Mobile is the future. That's why the Switch went mobile. Right. But they could have released it for the Switch instead of for uh, iOS. Yeah. That'd be tight if uh, Samus Returns came for the Switch. Yeah, that would be cool. I would have got a Switch. Why? But why wouldn't they? Right? That's that's a good proposition. They said um, the developer said that they wanted the dual screen for the map. Oh, mm. yeah. Poor Switch. Lemo. Um, they should have a functionality on the Switch where you can dual screen with your TV and then the Switch. Ooh. Haha. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. That's like the Wii U. Or like the DS. <laughs> <laughs> um, Roger, what what game is going to bring you over to the Switch? There, there was one game I was thinking, and I'm like, oh, Metroid Four, Metroid Prime Four, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you would just buy it immediately. That's like not out of question, though. Metroid Prime Four for the Switch, right? Oh, it was announced. Oh, so yeah. Roger, so you're saying Roger's already bought over to the Switch? Yes. Yes. He's just waiting till Metroid Prime 4 comes out. 
Yeah. Oh, shoot. Um, Mr. Daniel, how much of uh, Octopath Traveler have you played for the demo? I have uh, beaten both of the character paths that are available in the demo. Sweet. And it's great. <laughs> Didn't you like beat up some old man or something? I, I did. I beat up an old man. I beat up a little boy and his mother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And I beat up a bunch of bandits. Um, and then I seduced a bunch of people in town. <laughs> made um, this the guard demo, the demo was walk released? into the desert with me. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty great. I'm definitely sold on this game. I'm sold on it now. <laughs> <laughs> Can and you... it's exciting, too, because there's, like, six other characters that people on Reddit were, like, guessing what classes they might be. But then, even then, you don't really know what their special, uh, I think it was called, like, their path ability or something. Hmm. You don't, you still don't know what that's going to look like. Wait, so is it for the Switch or is it for the 3DS? Switch exclusive. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I want to say the graphics looks like an old school RPG, but... Um, I forget which Steam game it is. I think it's like Legend of Dungeon or something. No where it's idea. like the lighting is very detailed. So even though it's pixeled, the lighting is like really nice looking. Oh, HD uh, pixel. Yeah, and then the gosh, I really like the story writing. Actually, I was pretty attached to the characters even in the short time. So like each, uh, each. A leg of the story for each character that was available in the demo was only like 30 minutes, but I got attached to the characters already, and so I definitely want to play more. Sounds like, um, sounds like you're just some emotional uh, <laughs> <laughs> little pansy. That's what's coming yeah, up to me. Yeah, basically. So is it called Octopath because there's going to be eight different characters with eight different paths? Uh, that's currently a work in work in progress title so they're gonna have a different name for it but for now it's octopath that's why project it's octopath project octopath traveler Ooh. <laughs> because there's eight characters eight oh. eh? yeah. <laughs> with eight stories probably yes that's cool it's kind of funny that they released the demo before they released the name Isn't that weird it's weird yeah, it's okay don't they normally do that? No. Yeah, some games do that. Like what? All the ones on the Switch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> what other game did that? Um, uh, Pokémon Tournament. Um, Arms so did some things. Oh, you mean change their names? Uh, uh... No, they like announced their beta name. Oh, that's because they have they don't have a name yet. Dark Souls did that. Oh, their demo had their beta name in it? Well, I mean, like, their Dark Souls was known as Project Dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, every game has a beta name, but usually when a demo oh, comes oh. out, they already have the name yeah. for the game. No, you're right. That's that's unique-ish. Because um, not everyone's going to know the game as Octopath. Yeah. It's probably going to be called Octopath Traveler. They can't Watch. change it now. It's too late. It is too late. <laughs> Um, I think the most important question is, were you able to seduce people of all genders and ages? You know? Probably not. I didn't try that. 
<laughs> but now that you've mentioned it, I'm very wow, interested. Daniel, I'm so disappointed. I'm a little disappointed as well. Yeah, that's like the first thing you should try. I was I was actually looking more forward I'm to okay. beating up old women <laughs> as opposed to seducing everyone. Sedu- you didn't want to seduce an old woman? <laughs> well, I mean... So when you seduce someone, they wow. just kind of follow you around, and then you can only summon them into battle for like a few turns. Um, but when you beat someone up, they're like decked on the floor, <laughs> and there's like stars above their head, and oh. it's hilarious. Can you like? And never... then you can talk to them later, oh, and they'll really? just go like, "Ow!" <laughs> or something. The um, the artwork and like the design like really looks like Bravely Default to me. It looks like a Switch version of Bravely Default. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's basically made by the makers of Bravely Default. Oh, that will explain And so it. even the battle system actually borrows um, one of the mechanics the from Bravely mechanic? Default. The uh, The braving, not the defaulting. Oh. Oh. Brave- yeah. No one ever defaults anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually kind of interesting, too, the way the battle system goes, because... I want to say it's almost like Persona, where you have to play to weaknesses, and then weaknesses cause people to be unable to do anything for a turn. Uh, and so, I, I want to say even in the tutorial slash the uh, demo that they had, a lot of enemies had a lot of health, but then they never get to attack because you can just keep knocking them down. So it's uh, a lot like Persona in that way. Hmm. And you know, yeah, it's like Persona. Yeah. I um I enjoyed in uh, Bravely Default like the broken strats that you can do, where it's like literally unwinnable. For the, yeah, unwinnable for the yeah. enemy. It's great. Yeah, you can do that in in this one too. Sweet. So it's basically, the Bravely Default team transitioned over to this game. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, just, it's their next game. Um, alright. Hopefully it's not as repetitive as Bravely Default. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Instead of three times, you do eight times! Yeah. Oh. Dang! Well, mm-hmm. Technically, sort of. <laughs> I'm not sure yet about the grind. So far it felt okay. Like, it was doable, but I don't know. It could potentially get worse. But like, uh, it's probably, It'll probably be a little bit grindy. It's a JRPG. It's okay. I can grind for you again. <laughs> <laughs> can't be a jrpg without the grind it probably has a bunch of classes too huh well, e- well i mean each character eight. is a class yeah <laughs> oh that's not as cool i really like the um interchanging classes then you can customize your characters i do want to say that it's possible that there's um party members as well which mm. might help add to the depth of the combat because there's like menus and stuff to that feel like there's stuff missing from them. So if there's other characters you can add to your party to also control in battle, it will definitely make it a lot more fun. Like aside from the eight? No, aside from the one that you're playing. Oh, but you play one of the eight every single time? Well, you choose which one you want to play as. And then you play their story, basically. Mm. So um, is it the, like... Is it the same world, but then you're doing that character's sort of side story within that world, if that makes sense? Like, are you starting at the same point of time 
in the world, but in a different perspective? Um, right now, I'm not that sure if it's the same time, but it's definitely the same world. Okay. Yeah. They probably all like, come together at the end, I'm guessing. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it'll kind of take a briefly default ending sort of style. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I hope. I hope. Um. I hope that the order you do it matters too. That'd be cool. You know, like. Oh. Like you that, beat up. That would offer so much um, creativity and replayability, right? Yeah. Oh, I have to reset my game now because I played them in the wrong order. <laughs> you ruined. Um, sweet. It reminds me of that uh, also, that Final Fantasy game. I think it was like three or five, where you had, like played each character's like story segment. Do you know what I'm talking about? I didn't no. play five, so maybe it's five. Oh, I think it's five. I wasn't listening. Oh, it's okay. I'll just be the only nerd here. Three's the one with um Locke and Edgar. Oh, it's three. What side story are you talking about? There's a segment in three. Oh, maybe it is. Five. Oh yeah, it's like halfway through the game, right? Like yeah, after you yeah, get to the destroyed right. world, um, that you have to play like through each character's story, and I, I remember that like, they're really like impressed, you know. So yeah, it's three, right? Um, in America, it's known as Final Fantasy VI, no, but no, in no, Japan, no. it's three. no, no, other way, other way around. Oh, J- Japan it's six, and in America it's three. Um, wait, oh. you, was it the side story? <laughs> I remember you saved them. I just don't. I didn't remember that you go through there like back in the middle of like the game. Like everyone like disperses or something, mm-hmm. and then like you have to play through each each character by themselves, oh, and really? you have to put, go through their whole story until they like join up again, and it goes back in time. And you go, yeah. I think there's like five or six characters or something like that. Oh, I totally don't remember that. Huh. Mm-hmm. Cool. 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 Good um, thing Roger remembered, or else I would have looked like an idiot. <laughs> uh, you guys want to move on to emails? Ooh, we got emails? We got emails. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, wait, why are you embarrassed? Oh, nothing. Okay. <laughs> Um, let's move on to emails. I am working on my theme song, so, um, we don't have one. Oh, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
Help us. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my advice would be, like, I guess my initial advice would be to kind of start small on your game. So, like, have, have an idea for, like, what kind of game you want to build so you have direction, but then don't jump ahead to, like, say you want to make, like, a fighting game. Don't jump ahead mm-hmm. to, like, oh, I want to make all the characters and I want to, like, have a balance like this because then, like, it gets too hard to reach that point. You want to just, like, start mm. small on, like, the... Um, I want to I want to make sure that, my, that the characters move well and that it feels good um, when I press a button and they punch, right? Or, like, when I move left and right that it feels like the fighting game I want it to feel because... Just having like that foundation of like of like proper movement and proper um, like physics and like just like that groundwork is so necessary before you can even like get to the part the quote unquote fun part of like creating characters and stuff. And so yeah, so my advice would be start small, but have direction. Oh, that's pretty good advice. Thank you. I yeah. learned it from day nine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Copyright. Thank you, day nine. I think I want to throw out um, what Reggie said for Nintendo. Uh, their Nintendo Direct, was it? Or E3? I forget which one. I don't know. Where it's just like, if the game isn't fun, it's not worth it. It's like, what's the point? So if you're going to make a game, at least try to make it something that people would want to play. If it's like a, a clicker game, <laughs> that nobody wants to play that. There's like way too many. Or if it's just like a, a cash cow where you try to like pump a lot of DLC into it. Or like a lot of uh, pay-to-win things or um, what is it, in-app purchases and whatnot. Like we already saw with the earlier games and the game news like how people were like oh, this sucks. I don't like this game. And people are just, like, flipping tables about it. It's like, if it's not fun to play, then, like, people aren't going to like to play it. So just make it fun. Very yeah. simple, but wise. <laughs> I might Good advice. I might get 2K18 anyways. Ooh. <laughs> I like Reggie. I do too. My body is ready. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, Roger, do you have any oh. advice for Richard? I don't know. I sort of have the same question as him. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, I get. I guess like advice. Uh, well, just off the top of my head, I don't really know if this is good advice, but. I feel like it's important to have a vision for what your game is going to be like and constantly stick to that vision throughout the whole development process. Because mm. um, I feel like if you're sort of like, like midway through your development, if, if you go like, oh, I, I think this part would be really cool. Also, I want to add this in. And then, you know, maybe later on, you'll be like, oh, I want to add this part in. Also, this, that's a really cool idea. And if you have too many cool ideas at once, then it's sort of, you sort, you sort of lose the, your whole, um, 
appeal and your whole focus of the game. Um, just as an example, I think like Final Fantasy XV sort of suffered from this, <laughs> in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Bloodborne <laughs> really, stood, <laughs> really stood by its true uh, its original vision. Um, so that's why I felt like just you know reminding yourself on why you you created this game in the first place is important. Um, you tell him, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Final Fantasy XV sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do drugs. Also. <laughs> there are a lot of people who I... actually really liked Final Fantasy XV, though. Oh. They like all the cool aspects. I heard they mixed suck. things. I heard mixed things. Some people like all the cool stuff. Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, this is a question that I would have asked if I were to submit a question to NPC Talk. Wait a second. <laughs> it came from Richard. Okay, I, I know. I'm just saying it could be anyone. But didn't you develop um one of the greatest games of all time on the Android called Falling? Oh, that's that, that's true. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can't give so, away his secrets, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, so I guess my advice would be to just keep. Well, if you're like developing on your own, at least it's, it's just to like keep the scope simple. Hmm. Um. Because even for, like, myself, I tend to, like, start on a project and, like, have all these, like, ideas for how I want it to look like. But it gets, like, really big, and then I end up just, you know, not finishing it. So, you know, it's probably better to just actually finish a simple game than to try and do something really big and not end up getting anywhere. Hmm. That's actually really good advice for uh, the solo developer. Yeah. This Richard guy. <laughs> I think um, the developer for Stardew Valley, it, it was just one person. And he, I believe he did it in three years. And developing was his full-time job. Or like just working on that game. Wow. Did he have any previous projects? Or was that Ooh. like his first? That That's his first big one. I don't, I don't know if he had any, nothing notable. Yeah. Um, Anthony, do you have any advice? Um, I think people said like really good things. Um, I mean, the the general consensus I heard was just to stick to like your guns and stick to your vision, and not go like too crazy. Because they, because you can get a lot of ideas, right? Um, I feel like it's also important to kind of like know where you are, like inspiration comes from like mm-hmm. what games you want to draw inspiration from um like you're taking the pros and cons of like certain games that you've liked over the years that you've played over the years right kind of like what octopath is doing like it took the like really cool system of the brave system from bravely default and hopefully they will ditch the repetitive system of bravely <laughs> default yeah seriously um but you know i mean 
I think a lot of times games try to be like super unique and a lot of times that's not like super necessary nowadays I feel because like you have games that are like Overwatch which isn't like really a new like unique concept or anything but it still turned out to be like a massive success right yeah true so I don't know it's like yeah no go ahead I was just gonna say I feel like um the the developers for Octopath Traveler they like want to repeat things but they want to do it in like a very unrepetitive way. way like yeah each repetition is is feels new but it's still repetitive i feel like that's their thing yeah I, as long as it's like each repetition has meaning behind it right yeah yeah and not like born out of like just sheer laziness to extend gameplay yeah yeah. Um shoot, I was gonna say something, but I forgot. Um <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> let's move I on. I think having good graphics and mu- music helps a lot. Let's too. not move on. Good graphics and music. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had to say. Okay. Now let's move on to feature topic. Roger, play my next theme song. Oh, uh, I don't want to. Uh <laughs> All right. Sorry. Yay. Feature topic. Feature topic. What a remix. Yeah. And for, Sorry. T- for today's feature topic, we have Dishonored. Daniel, how many Dishonored games are there? <laughs> how, uh, many games, how many games are there? <laughs> there's Dishonored 1, and then there's all the DLC. Mm-hmm. And there's Dishonored 2, and then there's Dishonored Death of the Outsider. Great. But, Dis- yeah. but Dishonored Death of the Outsider is not Dishonored 3. Mm, no. Because? Because it doesn't have the number 3. Oh, snap. <laughs> but it is a third game in the Dishonored series. Is there, like, is there a reason that you know of, or may not know of that they decided not to call it Dishonored 3? Um, well, we can get into the stories. Ooh. Shoot. Let's do it. Oh. Oh. No. Oh. Transition. <laughs> Transition. 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 Okay. Um, so I guess we split it up like that so it was like Dishonored and then the DLC and then Dishonored 2 and then Dishonored Death of the Outsider I think um, it's it's mainly Dishonored and Dishonored 2 that follow story wise at least follow the namesake of being Dishonored Um, so Dishonored 1 for those who don't know you play as Corvo who is or I guess was spoiler alert Snap. for those who haven't played the game like past the first minute uh, who was the, the bodyguard to the uh, empress and her daughter hmm. um but due to a coup d'etat you get framed for the empress's murder and the empress's daughter uh is kidnapped and yeah you basically have to regain your honor Hence the title, Dishonored. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's creative. 
Nine. Wow, my mind was blown. <laughs> <I'm below. laughs> so going back to Richard, come up with a creative title. Mm. Ooh. Dishonored? What? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> You're welcome, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Thanks. Um Coom. So does that answer why Dishonored two point five is not Dishonored three? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me get to the Dishonored DLC. So okay, the okay, Dishonored sorry. DLC. Um, but so at the end uh, of one, you regained your honor, or are you still Dishonored? You <laughs> regain your honor. So oh. it, so why isn't uh-huh. Dishonored two rehonored? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Because you get Dishonored again, basically. Oh, oh. yeah, that's right. There you go. Um, so it actually kind oh, of... Oh, maybe the third game you don't get Dishonored again. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, it's so it actually three. follows the storyline really well. So the Dishonored DLC, um, mm-hmm. you follow the assassin that killed uh, the Empress of the first game. Mm. Oh. So he's technically never really Dishonored. At least not as much as like Corvo was in the first one. Mm-hmm. But... You really go into depth into his motivations and what's going on behind the scenes, even as, um, cause he's, you later on actually get to fight him in Dishonored 1. Um, oh, cool. Oh, but, so it's a pretty, like, hefty DLC, huh? Well, the DLC is basically going, like, what's everything that's going along with this guy named, uh, Dowd, um, also known as the Knife of Dunwall. <laughs> so for him, He's uh, it's it's pretty complicated. It it brings in like witchcraft and like there's this entire coven that's um more or less out to get Dowd, and more or less uh I guess is the overarching enemy, and they bring it back for Dishonored too. But yeah, the Dishonored one DLC it really just follows him and how he kind of uh spoilers saves the kingdom in his own way um, before you even fight him in the Dishonored one. So it's actually kind of cool backstory to his character and his motivations as well. Hmm. Hmm. And so like it, it also kind of makes you feel bad if you decide to kill him in Dishonored one. <laughs> oh, they, um, they carry Which over. you would have to have done before you played the DLC. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Spoilers. Okay. But I mean uh-huh. There's there are canon choices, mm. obviously. So like the canon choice was that you didn't kill him, um, that, that you let him sense. get away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Dishonored Two actually brings in the bad guy from the Dishonored One DLC. Wait, so the assassin is not the bad guy? In Dishonored Two, no. But Wait, basically, sorry, it's real... pretty complicated. Wait, real quick, yeah. does your save file carry over? To Dishonored 2? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Cool. Because it's pretty far in the future. Mm. But you can actually... Mm. Uh, I think you can actually carry over your Dishonored 1 save to the DLC. But there's nobody here who can correct me on that because none of you guys have put the DLC, apparently. Uh, Wait, doesn't Dishonored 1 have uh, different endings, though? Yeah. 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 So, wait, which is the canon ending, I guess, for Dishonored uh, The best ending. The, the good ending. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> the low-chaos ending. That makes sense. Sorry, I, I guess I should explain that. 
So the way Dishonored plays is there's a low chaos and high chaos. Low chaos is when you don't kill anyone. Um, you just go through the game stealthily. You're like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> How um, good is the stealth in this game? Objectively. <laughs> I don't know, Roger. How good is the stealth in this game? Objectively. Well, I played it as uh, Thief 2. Well, what I really like about Dishonored is there are, the gameplay is very... Um, there's a variety of how you can play the game. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like, if you want to go all ninja-like, teleporting everywhere, stopping time, and uh, killing your enemies in very gruesome ways, you can do that. Um, but if you want to do, like, very sneaky, um, you know, that bad, I guess. I-, I don't really know how to describe it. Just, like, like, like a ghost. Then you can do that also. Um, so the way that I played Dishonor was I played it like Thief 2. So I didn't use any abilities. I didn't use Blink. <laughs> I just slowly walked behind <laughs> enemies and completed the game like that. So, um, yeah. So since I played it like Thief 2, it was a good game. Um how was it compared to Thief 2, like, the sneaking around? Um, well, Thief, I mean, uh, Dishonored actually takes quite a bit of inspiration from Thief. Oh, shoot. The Thief franchise. Um, like, a lot of the uh, developers were huge fans of Thief, from what I've read. And you can sort of see it in the game, too, because they make a lot of references. Uh, like, I remember there's, like, this one part. Um, Daniel can help correct me. But there's like one part where you have to, uh, uh, it was like sort of like near the end game. And then you see these, there's like these special types of enemies. I sort of forgot what they're called. But there are two enemies in a room with like a huge backlight. And one, one enemy is training the other enemy. And the other enemy has to get around undetected. And if you watch like these two, uh, these two NPCs or enemies, like, um, play out the whole scene. It's the exact same scene as uh, Garrett from Thief One. Um, yeah. So it's it's like a tutorial scene in Thief One being played out in Dishonored. That's cool. So that was a that was a cool reference. Um, but yeah, but but Dishonored is pretty much a fast paced uh, stealth action thief. So if you like fast paced and stealth, then Go for Dishonored. If you play it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so the second yes. game... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this... Okay. <laughs> so the story of the second game... Um, so the canon ending for Dishonored 1 is that you save your daughter... Oh, spoilers. Whoa. By the way, she's your daughter. Whoa. Like, who's <laughs> your daughter? Uh, so you, you, you are a lot closer to the Empress than the Whoa. game first led you to believe. You're not just a bodyguard anymore. Whoa. Yeah, basically. Well, if, you're, if the Empress is your daughter, doesn't that make you the king? No, no, no. The, the <sighs> Empress's daughter is your daughter. Whoa. That changes everything. Yeah. So basically, you save, um, her name is Emily, and you restore her to the throne, and together you rule the kingdom. 
Whoa. And kind of based on if you go high chaos or low chaos, the ending will change um, mm -hmm. based off of if you rule the people out of fear or if you rule the people like uh, as a good ruler. Right. And fear is the and it's actually always. Yeah, yeah. And it's always really cool how um, if you go the high chaos route, there's like small little changes that you even see to Emily. Like, for oh, instance, cool. there's this one scene where um, you're, you guys are all hiding out in this bar, a great place to have a kid. Um, <laughs> and basically, she's just drawing something. But then if you look at the drawing and then you listen to what she says, she says, I wish I could be more like you. Like, then, then people would fear me. Oh. And it's, it was, oh. it's, pretty, it's pretty trippy. I, I'm pretty sure I got that line wrong, but... Like, but this is the end of Dishonored One, right? Not Dishonored. No, this, 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 this quote is from Dishonored One. Yeah. Like in the middle of it, ish. But yeah, so the low chaos ending, where she's a nice but benevolent leader, is canon, which brings us to Dishonored Two, mm -hmm. and the two of you are ruling the kingdom like nice people, and then the witch from the Dishonored DLC comes and more or less says that she was actually the adopted sister of the Empress and that she has the right to the throne. Snap. And so she will turn whichever character you don't choose to play as into stone and then you wow. more or less have to escape and then get back at her. Ooh. And then save whoever you're not playing as. So which is the canon choice? As in who you play as? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh I don't think it matters. Oh. Yeah. The the choices that choice doesn't really matter as much as whether or not you go around killing people. Really? Um Yeah. Hmm. And so So do I don't they know offer how different much, gameplay spoilers? Uh, yes. Spoil. Yes. You already started spoiling, so you spoil can spoil it all. Yeah. Spoil it all. Okay. All okay. Um. So another character that's introduced in the Dishonored One DLC is Dowd's right hand woman. I guess. Mm -hmm. Her name is Billy Lurk. Um, I'm just not going to spoil some things. Um, her name is Billy Lurk, and she basically is like all of Dowd's um, people. His his uh, minions, I guess, they all have special abilities because of Dowd, mm. and the death of the outsider is more or less her coming back, um, looking for Dowd because he kind of uh, went off into exile, and Dowd more or less says, "Hey, we need to kill the outsider because he's the one who started this all." Oh, so it has nothing to do with the two main characters from. Yeah, yeah so that's why I would say it's more like a um, more like a DLC almost. And even in this case, it's like a, after Dishonored 2, a few years, I want to say. So it's it's really um, only connected in name and characters. Hmm. Not so much like story. Is gameplay similar? Like stealth? What a nice, uh, what a nice leeway into the next... <laughs> Next topic I was going to talk about. Oh. So, The Outsider is... Um, how they would describe him in the game is a deity. Uh, he's the god that bestowed powers, special powers, onto each of the characters. 
Um, starting in game one, you play as Corvo. Um, he's got lots of different abilities, uh, including a teleport, which is the funnest g- game mechanic that ever existed. I don't know how Roger played the game without it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He likes stealthing. But there's like other things where you can possess rats and more or less go through rat tunnels to stealth around. What? Uh, you can possess people. And then when you come out of them, they'll like start throwing up because they oh. were just possessed. Um, what I'm else? Roger never took advantage of this. Yeah, me too. Explain yeah, yourself, Roger. <laughs> oh. Um. There's also bend time where you can slow down time and then just do whatever you want. So there's like you can do really trippy things. Like you can slow time right when someone fires a gun. You can possess them, walk them in front of the bullet, and then resume time. Sweet. And then they'll shoot themselves. That's cool. Um, yeah, so this game is really, like, you can make it as creative as you want, or you can play it like Thief 2, like Roger. <laughs> 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 um, and so even in Dishonored 1 to the Dishonored DLC, um, there's there's some pretty huge changes they added. So for instance, Dowd compared to Corvo, Dowd's uh, teleport. Uh, while you're deciding where to teleport, time is completely stopped. Hmm. So it's pretty hmm. cool because you can like just jump and then in midair, like right, hold right click to decide where you want to teleport, and then you're just more or less hanging in the air. Um. So what else is there? If you play stealthily, are you like um, are you like denying part of the gameplay because you can't use can, you can still use the abilities to like not kill people, right? Yeah, yeah. So the teleport helps you get around actually really well to not kill people. Uh, But it also helps you get around to kill people if you so choose. Um, As for if you're missing out, I would actually say uh, having the two different endings lends itself really well to a second playthrough at the least. Mm. Um, And then if you're me, then you can also do stuff like try to finish achievements. So, like, one of the achievements is don't use any powers and try to get through the game. Oh like, Thief 2. <laughs> the Thief 2 uh, achievement. Yeah. And then there's ones where, like, you try to get through the game where you're not seen at all. Uh, ones where you try to get through without alerting people or whatnot. Dude, this sounds way too hard. It's you actually also, really fun. Uh, you can also just, like, knock out guards instead of sort of killing them. Yeah, mm. yeah. So there's, like, a more non-lethal route if you want to keep low chaos. Gotcha. Um, Yeah, so the the first two are are pretty much like that. And then when we go to Dishonored 2, Corvo plays the exact same. Uh, All of his abilities are more or less the same. I think there's, like, some quality of life changes, but otherwise he's the same as Dishonored 1. Hmm. So if you want to play through as something familiar, you can do that. But then there's Emily, and she has, um, I want to say, really interesting abilities, where it almost feels like she becomes this different creature, uh-huh. like this, uh-huh. uh, I don't know how to describe it. She basically can become a a black figure thing that just walks around. And oh, it's like the cover. Things. We'll cover cover of the game. Of Dishonored 2? Yeah. What's the cover? Let me see. 
where it's like half. No, it's oh, not no. Half, half is Corvo. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what? it looks like a black disfigured thing. That's that's Corvo's mask. Corvo. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Um, so Emily has a few abilities. Instead of a teleport, she has a far reach, which basically, rather than teleporting, um, you can pull yourself towards things. And so this long, like, black arm comes out, and she just kind of grabs and then pulls herself. Cool, uh, um, that's awesome. And then there's, like, a shadow walk, where she more or less completely becomes a black shadow thing. And you can just walk around, and then, unless you get really close to people, they can't see you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she plays around a lot with, um, I guess, planning ahead. So she can do something called Doppelganger, where she summons a copy of herself, and then enemies can see it, and they will probably attack it if they see it. But then what she can also do is you can do something called Domino, which links uh, different people together. So you can link uh, guards to your Doppelganger, and then if they kill it, they will kill themselves. Oh, what? (laughs) That's pretty creepy. Yeah, so... She she can play pretty differently, and it was actually pretty fun playing her because the uh, yeah I guess you can just like pull yourself around really fast. Um, you can pull enemies too eventually if you get an upgrade. So you can like pull an en- enemy at yourself and then just like stab them in the air. Hmm. Oh, did I mention this game is really gory? <laughs> <laughs> I got that. Like, yeah, all the, all of the kills. Okay, yeah. yeah. But, like, all of the kills are super gory. Like, you're stabbing them in, like, all sorts of places. Oh. Or cutting off limbs and stuff. Oh. Yeah. That's so flashy. It is pretty flashy. Um, and I guess another mechanic I can introduce now that's been there since Dishonored 1 but wasn't as big of a part is Bone Charms. Um. And to give Roger something to do. Roger, what are bone charms? <laughs> um, oh. Uh, Kevin, what is bone charm? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on, I don't remember, actually. <laughs> wow. Wait, okay. I'm, look, I'm looking this up. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Good job, Roger. I think you should explain it, Daniel. <laughs> I don't okay. okay, so... Um, there's two different, um, I guess, ways you can customize your character. One is through runes to upgrade your skills. So you can upgrade your like blink to have a longer range or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one is through bone charms, which give you like small uh, different changes to your characters. And these are completely random per run. So like uh, people doing speed runs and stuff, they will keep re-rolling their game until they get the optimal ones for oh. a speed run. Uh, and so different things that uh, the bone charms can do, or like you can uh, climb slightly faster. Um, you can uh, get more health, more mana. You can choke people out faster. Is it one per throw character? things harder? No, there's multiple ones um, throughout the different levels. Mm-hmm. So you can end up with, I want to say, a maximum of eight. Um. And since it's random, like each playthrough will be slightly different and maybe slightly frustrating if you don't get the one you want. Dang. That's so I don't one of them I've is like use them actually. <laughs> yeah. So like one of them is like you can swing your sword faster if you want to like kill people faster, whatnot. 
Uh, one of them is you. I'm not sure if this is a bone charm or an ability. I think it's a bone charm where you can actually eat a rat um, to recover some health. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's like small bonuses for your abilities or weapons, like um, your crossbow bolts break less often, hmm. so you can recover them from dead bodies and whatnot. And so in uh, Dishonored 1 and the DLC, these are kind of just normal things you just find throughout the level. They're random. You might get them. You might not get the one you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but starting in Dishonored 2, they added uh, a crafting for Bone Charms, which is pretty complicated, actually, um, mm-hmm. where you can take apart Bone Charms to learn an ability, and then you can craft a Bone Charm uh, where you kind of duplicate the powers... Um, and then you can have each power stack up to four times. Um, oh, okay. So, for instance, like if you choke someone out faster, if you have that rune, if you have four of that, you'll choke someone out four times faster. <laughs> <laughs> um, or you eat four times as many rats. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So, um, starting in Dishonored Two, they added uh, kind of more depth to the bone turn system. Um, and it's definitely an interesting customization, but at the same time, it's like there's definitely an optimal set to have. Hmm. There's like optimal bone charms to have to make your gameplay like easier. Or like if you're playing stealthily, then you want to be able to choke people out faster. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And so the last one, um. I think this is one of the issues that I had with the last one is they simplified the skill system. So you just have three abilities and that's it. Like you don't you don't upgrade them, you don't alter them in any way. You just work with bone charms. Um, hmm. And they're pretty oh. they're pretty cool abilities. So like the three abilities that you have is um, one of them is a displace, so you can summon a an invisible copy of yourself somewhere, and then you can choose when to swap places with that. Oh, and so you can cool. like you can set it on top of a light pole, jump down, knock someone out, and then just instantly teleport back up. It's like Sombra. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's perfect analogy. Good job, Overwatch Master. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Silver. Um, the second one is also pretty cool. You are. You turn, like, you leave your body, and then you can just fly around for until your mana resource runs out. And then you can just basically scout out the area ahead of you. Like, you can mark enemies, and then you'll be able to see them through walls. Um, you can, can your body get hit while you're outside of your body? Uh, no, time is completely stopped. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, so it's it's really cool to kind of plan out the route that you want to take or see if there's any enemies you want to avoid or kill depending on your playthrough. Um, And then the last ability is one that I personally didn't really use. Um, It's... I can't even remember what it is right now. (laughs) What is it? Link. Mm, No. Um... For speedrunning, like, shouldn't the bone charms be random? Or, like, 
I don't know. Isn't pre-picking your bone charms kind of like cheating or? I don't know. It's completely random. Hmm. Or they should just have speed runs without bone charms, right? If it's uh, so random. Maybe. I'm not sure if they actually do that though. What's well, so the third game? Um, is the gameplay similar to the first two games then? Like you can either play stealth for one ending, or you can play kill everything for a second ending. Yeah. Um, okay, so her third ability is... Okay, yeah, I didn't really like this one. But I had to use it once, but basically you can knock someone out and then com- completely take their identity. <laughs> um, so you can walk around as them. So if you like knock out a guard, and then you can turn into the guard and just walk around. Um, I didn't really find that too useful in general, mm. even in my stealth playthrough. Uh, I prefer to cool just enough. find the sneaky route. Yeah, it's pretty cool, but... But you can scout with your invisible time-stopping mechanic. Yeah, so it's like, I, I never really found a use for it. And so that kind of... I I would personally say it kind of made the three skills that they gave me a little bit less meaningful, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Bone Charms, they kind of increase the importance of it because you can get some of the... Um, original buffs through the bone charms. So, for instance, one of the most used um, skills in the first few games is something called agility, where you can jump higher and you can move around faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, that complete skill was moved onto a bone charm. And so it was a little bit of... Actually, I'm not sure if they randomized it still, but I think they did. So I think it was a little bit of luck whether or not you'd find that in your run. And you would be completely kind of... Uh, it'd be really hard otherwise to play without it because there's a lot of ledges that you can't reach without it. Hmm. Oh, so yeah. do you feel like this Honored Death of the Outsider gameplay feels weaker overall compared to Dishonored 1 and 2 because they have three abilities? Or do you think that it's so different that it's really hard to compare between this honor one and two versus that. I want to say that they're all really similar. Um, I personally didn't like it as much because of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like, if we talk just gameplay, um, the gameplay I feel was very uh, repetitive in a way because having less abilities means there's less variance in what she can do. It was kind of like, oh, go out, scout, find people. And then blink around to avoid those people. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it felt pretty straightforward in that sense. I still need to try a lethal playthrough, a high chaos playthrough. But in my low chaos playthrough, it was pretty. It was pretty repetitive. I wonder why, like, they made a um, spinoff instead of just going straight for Dishonored Three. If the gameplay is kind of similar. Because a lot of times, like, spin-off games will have very different style gameplays, you know? Like, the spin-off would be, like, a action RPG when the normal one is, like, a RPG, right? Yeah, like Sandrock Kagura, Peach Beach Flash. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, the like, the spin-offs usually have, like, it's like them testing something different. But, like, in this sense, it's, like, the same kind of game. But I don't, like, is there, like, a reason, like, story-wise that they thought it would be good to like close this other character's arc 
instead of introduce like Dishonored Three, since the gameplay is very similar mechanic. Um, as far as from story's perspective, I want to say that this game actually ends the story. Oh. Uh, so the outsider, as I mentioned, is the one who gives everyone abilities. Mm-hmm. But the goal of this game is you either high chaos, you kill the outsider, or low chaos, you figure out a way to turn him back to being a human. Um, and so at the end, one of those two things happens, and people more or less just lose the abilities to do everything that they've been doing. No. Yeah, so up until this oh. point, he's kind of been the guy who intervenes throughout history and just changes things and, like... He thought Cor- Corvo was an interesting person, and so in the Dishonored One, he gave him the mark of the Outsider, which allowed him to blink and possess people and eat rats. <laughs> um, but since he's he's gone, I feel like the game either is going to end or they're going to bring in something new. Mm. Which so would be no Dishonored Three incoming. I, I don't know about that. Maybe they might have something up their sleeve, but from how <laughs> this game not ended... Actually dead, guys. <laughs> yeah, how this story <laughs> ended, it does outsider. feel like... <laughs> I mean, it's possible, actually, if you care about the story. Um, there is a way to create more people Outsiders? like that. Yeah. Like, this is something you learned in Dishonored 2, that the outsider was someone who was once human and they created him by some weird ritual. Oh, and then he gets so much power to give other people powers. Yeah. So oh, why was it not Dishonored 3, in your opinion? Why is there what? Why is it not Dishonored 3? Um, because the outsider lost his power. Either like, by did, dying like, or... Why not titled Dishonored 3? Death of Wait. the Outsider. Why is this not the title Dishonored 3? Yeah. Um, I guess kind of going back to the story idea, I feel like Dishonored and Dishonored 2, they both have a theme of you actually being dishonored or you losing your reputation or the place where you belong. Um, whereas the DLC and this uh, Death of the Outsider, it doesn't really follow that, um, I guess, uh, what's the right formula they just kind of are backstory into characters i want to say okay and so it's like it's it's cool to see but at the same time it's like if you don't particularly care about the story or the characters then i don't know if it's necessarily that much of a addition to the series but it sounds like is it like a shorter game that sounds like uh, it's shorter, right? Let me check actually how many hours I took. Because it's cheaper, right? It's thirty bucks. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is shorter. I think for the first Dishonored, though, I finished it pretty quickly. But Dishonored: Death of the Outsider. Um, I want to say I finished it like thirteen hours. Okay, it's oh, a pretty hmm. sizable game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dishonored two. It took me a lot longer, but it's still part of the main st- or death of the outsider. It's still part of the main story, right? It's not like a side story; like it's still part of the main canon story. It sounds like, yeah. 
Like, oh, I actually have 65 play. hours on Dishonored. <laughs> oh, oh. Like, but if Dishonored 3 DLC. comes out, like, if Dishonored 3 does come out, there's no way you can just play 1, 2, and 3. You'd have to play 1, 2, Death, and then 3. Mm, that depends on what they do with Dishonored 3. You might be able to just start at 3. The Outsider. How are you going to get the powers? I don't know. <laughs> I do want to say, though, that like of this series, I want to say I liked the first one the most as far as story and um, maybe just the novelty of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, the story, I felt like I was motivated the most to actually want to go save Emily and want to take back what's mine, etc., Mm-hmm. It, like everything made a lot more sense to me. Um, the DLC was pretty cool. I want to say I think it was cool to see the um, assassin's backstory and all that. But Dishonored Two, personally, it was not that good. Like I was listening to oh. this other podcaster by Jesse, or named Jesse Cox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on Total Biscuit, yeah. Um, and he more or less said he felt that Dishonored Two's story was just kind of like. Uh, just nothing. There's nothing there, and I, I, I want to say I kind of agree that it's more or less. Oh, this enemy just came back, and she stole your kingdom from you, and you need to go kill her, and the end. Hmm. And it's just very bland. There's like no real good motivation to push you to do it. Um. And the Death of the Outsider, I personally didn't like it as much at all. Like, even compared to Dishonored 2, I want to put Dishonored Death of the Outsider maybe even below a little bit. Oh, shoot. Well, I like how they brought it together. I like uh, one of the uh, parallels that they drew between some of the characters. But... I was not attached to the characters at all. <laughs> hmm. You're attached to the slaying. To the what? <laughs> to the slaying. You know? No. The the the, what? the 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 killing? The killing? The wow. murdering? To the to the to the Corfo? <laughs> <laughs> um, so what would you give like each game out of ten. Ooh, what a question. Uh, so are we counting each DLC separately, or because <laughs> um, there is actually three DLCs for the first one? Each game, including all Wait, the DLCs. Is the okay. definitive edition the one with all the DLCs? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Let's see. Try to figure out how many there are. There's four DLCs. Lied. <laughs> some of them are just um, just like uh, you get some extra weapons when you start the game. They're not actually story. Um, let's see. For Dishonored One, I'd probably give it hmm, maybe nine. Ooh, nine out of ten. Ooh, that's a lot. Very nice. Personally, because I like the idea of teleporting. <laughs> Like, if you ask me what my superpower would be, teleportation is probably top of the list. Oh, shoot. Good question. And so it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Um, 
especially with the entire like novelty of being able to do that and i really liked the environment that um this game brought us into which for those who don't know it's uh whale punk which is like steampunk but instead of (laughs) steam you use whales (laughs) to generate power yeah so even as you walk around the the story or uh, the world there's like different dead whales um Uh, all the uh, explosive barrels instead of having just like gas or something they're all whale fuel (laughs) um and it just plays a a lot around the idea of whales so like even the bone charms the bones are made of whale bones Mm -hmm. um even the runes which are how you upgrade your skills those are carved into bones of whales (laughs) and are they extracting the whale power from by killing them I'm. Or do the whales like no, swim think... on a treadmill? Uh, I think the power comes from the mark of the outsider, which is carved on the bone charms and the uh, runes. Or I mean, like energy, like whale punk. Oh, <laughs> you know, I have no clue. Hmm. I'm guessing it's the fat. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> the the whale punk setting. I really like the whale punk setting also. It was really well done. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, so the Knife of Dunwall, it's kind of when you're first introduced to... Um, what's his face? Dowd. Um, kind of for the first time. I personally didn't like it that much, but I think it and the second DLC, the Brigmore Witches, together, probably I'd give it uh, maybe a 7. Okay, okay. Yeah, 6.57. No, 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 if I want to be harsh. If I want to be harsh. So is that like the average? Like a... Or yeah. is 5 average? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I want to go with that as average. So it was like, it's it's okay. And it's pretty cool to expand the world. Um, but I was like, I, I don't like this guy. <laughs> he he killed my <laughs> wife and he kidnapped my daughter. I have personal grudges against this guy. I have a very special set of skills. Yeah, I like teleporting and possessing <laughs> possessing and eating rats. <laughs> um, Dishonored 2... Man. Maybe a four. Whoa. Whoa, that's so low. Four? That's like, don't even try playing this game. Dang. I mean, if you like how it plays, I'd recommend it. But from a story writing perspective, um, it just wasn't as good. Like the gameplay is fun, but yeah. Um, and maybe, actually, maybe a five, and then I think (laughs) I give Death of the Outsider five too. Hmm. Okay. They they each lack in different areas, and I would I would still recommend it. It's still probably one of my favorite series, but it's definitely just not not as good in my mind. Good thing you guys didn't play 2. <laughs> if they had the gameplay of 2 and the story of 
Death of the Outsiders, One. it'd be a 10 out of 10. No, it'd be Ooh. 8. 4 plus 4 is 8. No, he, he is 5 plus 5. Oh. Oh. Yeah. We have a random question. For Death of the Outsider, do you feel like the game was uh, like glitchy? Because I remember when you were playing it, you were sort of like venting to me about how um, the, the bodies that you knocked out were suddenly dead. So do you oh. feel like oh, yeah. there were some glitchiness going on there? or? Um... Okay, so how, how I like to play this game or this series is I always try to make a first playthrough as a low chaos, nobody sees me, nobody dies run through. Um I find it more fun that way because it's like if you kill everyone the first playthrough you kind of know where everyone is and then the second playthrough of going stealth is just easy. Mm. Mm. And so going stealth the first way through and trying not to kill anyone is how I've more or less played every single game in the series and it's pretty fun. Um, But for Death of the Outsider and maybe sometimes the other games too there's like it, it it's I don't know why sometimes people just die after they're knocked <laughs> out. Like in Dishonored One, it kind of made sense because like maybe you dropped a body on the floor and then the rats ate it. Yeah, and, there's like a rat you know, plague. Yeah, and Dishonored Two, it's um blood flies. So it's like it still kind of makes sense. But Death of the Outsider, there's no plagues, and like I was just piling bodies on top of each other that I knocked out, and then. I came back and there was two dead, and I was just like, "How did you guys die? Like, I didn't, I didn't do anything to you. You're just like it's... lying there." So, Dishonored One and Dishonored Two, they explained that glitch through like the plague. No, no, no. It's understandable through the plague. Is it? Because... A- is it actually a glitch though? Like, is this supposed to happen? I mean, it's not necessarily a glitch if rats get to a dead body. It's just you put a dead body or an unconscious body where rats could get to it, and then the rats eat people, so they just ate the, mm. the unconscious body. So it's like there's an excuse for why it might happen, but Death of the Outsider, there's no excuse, and I have no clue why it happens. And it just, I got so pissed off, like I almost quit the game and <laughs> just wanted to go straight like high chaos run halfway through. Here, let me let me provide to you an explanation. Okay, okay. Let's, of let's why this happened. This is because when he had a heart attack. when someone is lying down unconscious mm-hmm. and you put other um, bigger people <laughs> on top of the said person, uh-huh. they, have a, they have a harder time breathing. Uh-huh. And that's why they died. Uh-huh. You monster. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> You're about, right. Wait, what about the people on top of the bodies? How did they die? Uh, they didn't. Ooh, oh, ooh. I have I have a doozy for you. <laughs> oh no! Um, so you see, I stacked them into a corner, and there was a table, and the guy who died was on top of the table. Oh no! Dang it! Whereas everyone else was in a pile on the floor. Cool. So, I have an answer. He was allergic to the wood. <laughs> it, it was a metal table. Oh, oh he's allergic to metal, dude. Oh snap! Snap! But yeah, so. Maybe there's some reason. I haven't found it. It kind of just ticked me off. And I felt like it was a lot easier to do this in Dishonored 1 and Dishonored 2 than in Death of the Outsider. I don't know if it's just like I messed up somewhere, but I I can't think of a good explanation. 
So like, what if they were all secretly outsiders? <laughs> the title would explain a lot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, no comment. Sorry. <laughs> it, no comment. So, like in Dishonored One, do you see rats like go to the body to eat it, or do you? Yeah. Just... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's literally like uh, swarms of rats in places, and if you actually just stand on ground level with them, they'll attack you. Oh wow! Oh, I've yeah. never noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can actually just like swipe at them and try to kill them with your oh, knife. Wait. Oh wait! Oh no! Yeah, okay. I'm not... Like individual, like one rat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, more so as a swarm, though. But um, and then if you just leave, like, or actually, even if you don't leave bodies, even if there's like regular civilians walking around or guards, the rats will attack them. And they might die. <laughs> oh shoot! Maybe I don't know if that counts as your kill or not, but yeah. Um, maybe the rats are invisible in Death of the Outsider. Ooh, except there's no plague. Except, there, right? yeah, they've cured the plague. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hmm. yeah. That's right. That's right. Except in Dishonored Two, there's a new plague called the Blood Flies. But that's because you're at a different part of the uh, the the dishonored universe. Is it another still, part of the world? Is it still like uh, England or somewhere else? I actually don't think this is in England. Okay. I'm actually not sure where it is. I think it's a completely made up location. Uh, let's see. Oh. Huh. According to Wikipedia, it was originally set in medieval Japan, but then they dropped it. <laughs> and so it's supposed to be a fictional London-esque place. Hmm. Wait, Dishonored 2? Uh, 1. 1, okay. Yeah. It's like a fictional London. And then... Wow. It's actually cool because Dishonored 1, if you listen to... Um, different NPCs talk they'll mention another place called Karnaka which is actually where Dishonored 2 takes place mm-hmm. so they're really trying to flesh out the world in this one and that's pretty cool and is, is Karnaka in fake London as well uh, it's like in another part of fake England I guess gotcha gotcha yeah. I feel like I feel like the move from medieval Japan to fake London is like pretty drastic. It's true. <laughs> it's just they scrapped it pretty early on. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it. I think it was one of the reasons that I was completely sold on this game before it even came out. You should you should check it out, and yeah, then you should play the game. <laughs> yes, boss. Like all of them. <laughs> But two in uh, Death of the Outsiders only got five out of ten. Um, yeah, but it's still fun. Okay, it's like I w- I dropped the score mostly because of the story, but the gameplay is still fun. I'd say. Mm, yeah. yeah. Dishonored One definitely got like the really good ratings because of the like the novelty, as you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. They even got um, what's her face, Chloe Grace Moretz. Do you guys know her? No, I uh, nope. Yeah. she's an nope. actress. 
No? No? Let's see, what does she act in? <laughs> she acted in Kick-Ass? <laughs> in Kick-Ass 2? Oh, I know she her. Got purple hair girl. <laughs> I have no clue. I've never seen Kick-Ass or Kick-Ass 2. I saw Kick-Ass. It was pretty Kick-Ass. <laughs> okay, actually, yeah, I think she is the purple-haired girl. Oh, oh she actually voices girl. Emily, oh. which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah, they got lots of... Yeah, I want to say this is one of the few games where I feel like the voice acting is pretty spot on. Um, oh, apparently they got Carrie Fisher to do announcements over the loudspeakers in the cities. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so I, I really like this game. Um, I really liked the environment that they created and just how they continue to flesh out the the world um, in each of the different uh, the different games that they made, and really how they uh, really added depth to the outsider and even made the last game about him. Mm, yeah, uh, that is cool. I have a question. Uh-huh. What platform do you think is best suited for this game? Uh, depends how you want to play it. If you want to play fast-paced, kill everyone, run run and gun, then PC, because it will take some quite some um, what is it precision and the ability to snap your mouse cursor to people's heads and whatnot. If you want to take yeah, the yeah. more stealthy route, then you can play it on console if you need to because um, it's all about taking it slow and timing and like watching where enemies go, like their patrol routes and whatnot. Um, it doesn't take as much reaction time. But PC Master Race. PC Master Race. PC Master Race. Did you play with that controller? No. Oh. Of course not. Of course not. PC question. Some games are meant to be played with a controller. No. If it's an FPS, no. PC Master Race. PC Master Race? <laughs> PC I like Master a PS2 Race. also. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, on that note, that is all the time we have for tonight, folks. Oh. <laughs> Daniel, thank you so much for coming on to the show thank you thank for you. having me thank you roger thank you roger oh, i was thinking daniel <laughs> oh thanks daniel <laughs> thanks daniel thank you anthony thanks i thanks, mean anthony. No, thank you, anthony. <laughs> and thank you kevin thanks thanks kevin thank you kevin thanks uh, kevin so right, the take home is everyone should play dishonored one Yes. And not two or one. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, have a good night, everyone. Goodbye. Good night. Thank you for listening. Remember to follow and subscribe. And rate five stars and like on YouTube. Oh, if it's out of ten, you should rate ten. PC Master Race. And, and, and favorite the channel. <laughs> and subscribe like and follow. Why am I still recording? Please God subscribe. Twenty five dollars on Twitch. <laughs> There's a God subscribe. Super sub. <laughs>